0: listening to the save the marriage podcast your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information join dr lee balkum as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life starting right now we are rapidly approaching the end of the year and for a lot of people this might have been a year that you want to shut down get behind you and move into something new the nice thing about a new year is it's kind of like that clean slate. You know, everything's possible in that new year and yeah, I know that's happening on a daily basis. We all every day get up to a new possibility, but there's something really powerful about those endings and beginnings that we need to pay attention to because we it gives us a chance to really be thinking about where do we want to go? How do we want to get there? What what's the switch that we want to make? And this is particularly true around that Beginning of the new year. I remember when I was in school, and let me tell you, I was in school a lot of times. There was always that new semester. You know, whatever happened last semester, whatever grades I had gotten, and and I promise you, I was not a stellar student. In fact, I was probably at best a mediocre student for a lot of the time. And I was always glad to leave it behind. You know, I was ready to say, okay, those classes are done. I'm moving forward. It was like a fresh start. The same kind of thing happens on almost a bigger scale in the new year, though, because we're able to say, okay, that year is done. You know, in a lot of ways, we have this chance of starting over. If you are looking at your finances, that's how it runs. The year's over. Whatever gains or losses there were, done. We start all over. And this is also true in your efforts to save your relationship. A lot of times people contact me and say, you know, I, I really haven't been able to make much progress or... Even more so, sometimes they say, I haven't really been working at this. I, I let it slide. I've been frustrated, and, and so I've given up on that. And so a lot of times this is a chance to say, okay, where do I want to go now? How do I want to make a shift forward? How do I want to make this a different year? How do I want to make it a better year than it's been so far or than last year? So a lot of times a marriage crisis is not a new event. It stretches over years, certainly over months. Rarely do I have people come to my site after only a few days of a crisis. Now, sometimes, admittedly, they didn't know they were in crisis, but most people have at least an idea looking back that there was a crisis that's been going on for a while. So what do we do in order to get this new year into a renewal process in terms of saving your relationship? What do you do? How do you change? How do you think about that? Today, I want to talk about some pieces of that puzzle, some ways that you can use this fresh beginning to really get back on board or even on board if you haven't before, but certainly back on board if maybe you're looking back going, yeah, you know, I've kind of let that slide. Now, let me first tell you that we all have a tendency to struggle with making real changes. In therapy, we often talk about first-order change and second-order change. First-order change is often we we kind of change our behavior, but we don't change the underlying beliefs and the underlying assumptions, and we, we have a hard time making a real shift if we don't change that because changing behavior only lasts for so long. Many people will find that they do well for a while, you know it 's kind of like a diet. you start a new diet and for a few days you eat really well and then you start justifying <laughs> you say well i 'm a vegetarian i 'm going to eat lots of vegetables and then oh, but pasta that's that doesn 't have meat so that 's okay and, and eventually you you slide further and further away from what you meant to or as i 've watched it, you know a lot of times people tell me how they 're following like a the new diet, the keto diet so a low carb diet. And as I begin to talk to them, I realize that they've begun to pull in some pieces that may not be quite so keto, but they've justified it in their head because they never really change the fundamental pieces. They try to change some behavior. Same thing with people who get into shape. If you go to the gym, you're going to find that for the next few weeks, that gym is super crowded. Lots of people sign up for the new year, and there are all these deals that happen around the new year with gyms because they know that they're going to get a lot of people in who will sign up, pay their monthly fee, and only come for the next two, three, four, maybe five weeks. And then it's going to drift back to the people who have really made a second order change in their life where exercise is not just a, oh, I've got to go to the gym, but oh, I'm going to the gym, or even more so, I like going to the gym, and I can tell you that from my own personal experience. I've talked about being sick, and, and after being sick, I got myself back into shape, and a lot of people have come to me and said, you know, it's really cool how because you're in such good shape, you were able to beat your illness, and let me be very honest and tell you that is not the case. Uh, I got lucky and got better. And then got into shape. But now, as I look back, I think about the early days of struggling to make sure I went to the gym. And what I realize is that I can't imagine not doing those things. I can't imagine not getting up and walking you know, a little over four miles in the morning and coming home. And I can't imagine exer- not exercising. And I can't imagine not being active because there's been a shift in my life, not just trying to add on a behavior, the same thing is true when we're working on saving our relationships. You know, if we don't make some real changes in our outlook, we're kind of faking it. And I talk with people and they're, they're trying to do some things that will make their spouse want to stay, but they're not changing themselves in a way that invites that, that creates that. And so what we want to shift to is second-order change, where we have also not just changed some behavior, but really changed some fundamental understandings in ourselves about how we need to be ongoing. So let's talk about these four areas that can lead to some real changes in your life. The first one is a plan. Now, let me say, first of all, that if you don't have a written plan, you don't have a plan. Let me also tell you that this is not about personality. This is not because I somehow love making plans. I don't. I'm quite the opposite. Now, one of the things that I realized when I was teaching higher education was that I was uh, a different kind of professor than a lot of professors because most people who become professors loved education, loved being in school, and believed that everybody else loves being in school. And so they act in their class as if everybody really loves and wants to be there. And the fact is, I never liked school. I saw it as a necessary evil, and so I assumed that there are people in my class that were like me that weren't so thrilled to be there, and so I tried to move in a way that would encompass them. Well, the same's kind of true when I talk about a plan. When I make a plan in my life, it's because I need that plan to get me somewhere I want to go, not because I like making plans. I don't. I don't make like making lists. I don't like uh, being a planning kind of person. I do it by necessity. So understand when I'm saying this, this is not a, are you a planning kind of person or not? It's a, we all need to have this written down plan to keep us on track. You have to have some way of saying, okay, am I doing what I said I was going to do? That's a plan. It creates a checklist where you can make some clarity on whether you're moving forward in a correct direction. So if you don't have a written plan, you need to work on that. Um, One of the ways I've helped people, uh, I've created a a fill in the blank plan. It's part of my VIP program. Uh, If you're not in VIP, that might be something you'd be interested in. Uh, But it certainly is a powerful way of getting that jump started if you don't already have it. So if you have your plan, and that's my assumption, you at least have some rudimentary plan, we want to do three things as we're approaching the new year. First, we want to revisit it, which means you pull it off and dust it off. If you've kept it in front of you, good for you. You've already gotten ahead of probably 70 to 80% of the people I talk to who actually, on a regular basis, are looking at their plan. Revisiting it just means that it's present in your life. You pull it out of the drawer and brush it off and you're ready to go. The next step, though, is reviewing it piece by piece, because sometimes the plan no longer makes sense in its particulars. Maybe you were looking at some areas. Remember, I have three areas of your plan. Uh, connecting with your spouse, changing yourself and creating a new path. Those three C's, the three C's of saving your marriage that I talk about in my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps. That's where I talk about these, this three C process. It's in my system, but it really is clearly laid out in that book. And so the first C is connecting with your spouse. How specifically are you going to connect with your spouse? You may look through and say, wow, oh, you know what? That particular one." no longer makes sense for one reason or another. Maybe you've gotten to the point where you're far enough along that you don't have to rely on a, a, a very basic method, or maybe you realize that you need to change it around a little bit to get to a better approach. About changing yourself, the second area. Maybe you've accomplished something. You know, Maybe you've already made the changes in your life that you laid out in that plan, and you have to say, okay, what now? Where am I now changing? Remember, changing yourself is not about something is wrong with you as much as how do you keep growing, finding the places that you might have some weakness, but also just living into a better life. Sometimes we have to revisit our plan and make sure that that still fits. So we review the plan, and if those pieces don't fit anymore, we revise. So what's the next layer of connection with you? Remember, there are three areas of connection. There's physical connection, emotional connection, spiritual connection. When you started your plan, it may be that one was not so available. Maybe it's more available now. Or maybe one was available and it no longer is. And so you begin to revise it to match the current state. The same with that, how do you need to change yourself? Where do you need to grow? You may need to revise that to fit where you are now. So you take your plan, you revisit, review, and revise it. And that helps us begin the process of moving into the new year. Part of what helps a plan happen is having systems in place, though. If you want to know why most uh, New Year's resolutions fail, it's because they never get to a system point. They don't make it into something that happens automatically. Our habits don't change easily. We have to have some system in place to do that. For instance... Let's say you decided that you're going to get up every day and take a walk, take a run, go exercise. But when you get up, you're kind of sluggish about that and you kind of push it off and, you know, you can't find your warm-up clothes and, and things aren't ready. Well, one way to do that is at the end of the day to go ahead and put that stuff out there. That's That could be a system. You know, the stuff is out there. Or... I have a friend who was really struggling with you know, needing to work out in the morning and, and how to fit that in. And so he packs up his bag, took all of the stuff out of his bathroom that would allow him to take a, a shower at, at home and packed it in a bag and put it in his car. Which meant in the morning he would get up, drive to the gym, exercise, shower there, get ready for work and go from there. So now his system was in place had another friend who was trying to change how his eating habits were going. And so part of that was clearing all of the other stuff out of the house that would get in his way. That's a system. And then creating a way of cooking and preparing and getting ahead of it. So in the, in the as each day came, he would go to his refrigerator and it was already set for that day for what he was going to eat. And he would cook for a week on the weekend. His system was in place. So he was automatically eating good stuff because he set up a system. So now to working on your relationship, have people who have figured out how to systematize, uh, making sure that they attend to, uh, you know, whether it's a gift or a text or a messaging or a tag along, all of those pieces, they figured out how to fit it into their life and into their calendar. So it becomes a system. It's important to look at that system because that's what leads to real changes. Now, the next thing to help you really renew your plan in the new year is look at your expectations and have clarity about those expectations. Sometimes as people begin their process to save their relationship, they have kind of a drift in their thought process. Part of that drift in their thought process means that what they originally set out to accomplish kind of either enlarges or or gets to be so restricted that it doesn't even do what they're wanting to do. And so what those expectations are It's important to be aware of, to be clear about, and to make sure you manage them. But the expectations, another important piece as as you move into the new year, is to make sure that your expectations are tempered. You want to make sure you detach from the outcome. The reason you want to detach from the outcome is because then every time it feels like that's threatened, you're going to react. So the outcome you want is likely that you want to stay married. You want to have a happy relationship, you wanna have a happy marriage. And so here you are hearing from the guy who's all about how to save your marriage, I'm saying detach from that outcome. Well, why would you want to do that? It's very simple. When you're attached to the outcome and you see something that threatens it, let's say uh, you see your spouse moving further away and so you get a little panicky and you drop back into the old behavior. Maybe you're begging the person to stay. You're trying to force them, shame them into staying because you're so afraid of not getting that outcome that it trips you up along the way. The problem with being attached to the outcome is you have no control over that. So it pulls you off when you're falling out of that expectation. When you have that outcome that you want so desperately, anything that feels like a move to the side feels like failure rather than seeming like a new tact. Right? And, and, and as long as you're not attached to the outcome, you can begin to manage how you get there. Let's say that I decide that I'm going to go from the East Coast to the West Coast and I'm committed to taking one particular highway to get to that other side. And as I'm going along, that highway is closed. If I see it as the only way to get there and I've got to get to there this way, I'm done. Journey is over. But what if I just said, you know, I'm going to head this way and I'm going to go West as far as I can on this road. And if I need to, I'll detour around and I'll find another way. I'm going to keep finding a way so that I keep moving in the direction I want to, then I am now in control of that because I've detached a little bit from the outcome. Which brings us to what we can control. One of the biggest things I think we can do as we enter into the new year is re-clarify what we can control. So what can we control? Three things. Our aspirations, our attitude, and our actions. That's it. That's it. You can't control your spouse's actions or behavior. You can't, certainly can't control your action, the the thoughts of your spouse, the beliefs of your spouse. You can't control when crazy things happen in life. You can't control when things that you wish the timing had been better don't come your way. You can control your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. Now I've talked about this in other places and I'll have a link in the show notes so you can find uh, those other uh, podcasts about what you can control. But I just want to very briefly say what it is you can control just so you can head into the new year thinking about that. Your aspirations are your dreams. You can't control the fears that pop in your head, but your aspirations, what you want out of life, what you, what you want for yourself, where you see yourself moving towards, you get to choose that. We can all sit down and say, here are my goals. Here is where I want to be a year from now, a month from now, wherever it is. Here is where I want to be. We have that option as humans to choose our aspirations. We also have the option of choosing our attitude. Now, this is the important one because a lot of times people don't realize that they can choose that. I can choose to keep trying. I can choose to have an attitude of, I'll figure this out. I'll give it my best shot. The reason we sometimes don't see that's a choice is because we default to this won't work out, this can't happen, this is going to be a failure, I won't be able to get what I want, I won't be able to get where I want to. That's an attitude choice that we've ad- adopted. It can look like aspirations a little bit because you know I can't get there, you go, oh, the aspiration is gone, but it's an attitude of how can I work this through? So my suggestion is that you become aware of that choice on a daily basis of how you Choose or don't choose to have an attitude. If you don't choose, it usually defaults to this won't work. You can choose to default or you can choose the approach of saying, I will figure this out. So that's the attitude we get to choose. And then finally, we get to choose our actions. The word we say, the words we don't say, the actions we take, the actions we don't take. Interestingly, uh, very often I hear people say, you know, I did this and I'm not happy I did that, but you know, just I can't help it. I can't help it. The fact is, if if we do anything, if we take any actions, we chose them, even if we don't want to admit to it. So how do we now drive into the new year with a renewal plan? One is look at our plan. Two, create systems in place that lead us where we want to go. Three, manage our expectations and detach from the outcome. And four, be clear about what you can control. This is Lee Balk. I'm wishing you the best as you head into the new year and find a better way of going. If you need help, if you need more methods of actually building that connection, please check out my system at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. Again, I wish you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.